Uh, I want you to stand to your feet, in fact, as we honor the reading of God's Word this morning. And, uh, and I want you to open your Bibles. In fact, we're going to read a couple verses. If you're quick, do you guys ever do Bible drills when you were in, like, youth or children's church or anything? It's hard because we've all got cell phones. I'm looking around. I see two. How many of you have, like, paper or leather Bibles? Uh, with, hold up your Bible. I want to see. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. That's not, no, not that. Not, not your phone. Okay, seven. There's like seven Bibles out of a hundred, okay? There's seven physical Bibles. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, you got it. So turn on your Bibles for everybody else and uh, open to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 in verse 11. Romans chapter 12 in verse 11. Yeah, I'm not rebuking anybody. I am. You look more spiritual if you carry a Bible around, but I love, I love that I can have 300 translations on my phone right here. It's, it, the resources are incredible. Romans chapter 12 and 11, are you there? This is what it says, not lagging, lagging in diligence, be fervent in spirit, and then watch this, every, serving the Lord. Everyone say, serving the Lord. Okay, now I want you to go over a couple chapters chapters to Romans 15 and verse 17. Romans 15, 17. And this is what it says. Therefore, I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus in the things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of the things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient. Watch this. In mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God. Everybody say power of the Spirit. Oh, my goodness. Now, if you're real quick, I want you to turn over to 2 Corinthians 13, 4. 2 Corinthians 13, 4. Like I said, this is Bible drill, right? 2 Corinthians 13, 4. For though he, Jesus, was crucified in weakness, he lives by the power of God. Everyone say power of God. For we are weak in him, but we shall live by him by the power of God towards you. There it is again. Any guesses what we might be talking about today? Yeah, yeah, power, power of God. Uh, and now one more verse, Ephesians 3, 7. Ephesians 3, 7, this is what the Apostle Paul says, Ephesians 3, 7. Of which I became a minister according to the gift of grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. There it is again. He was empowered to serve. Let's pray and let's ask the Lord's hand over this message, over this testimony, over this prophetic word this morning right now. Mighty God, we just do. We ask your hand uh, be upon this time together, Lord, in this moment where we share testimony, where, Lord, I release a prophetic word that's been released over this house. I pray that you would release your power, even as you did in the Apostle Paul. Release your power even here today, right 
right now. Let our lives be marked by what you are able to do through your word and through the declarations that have been released by faith over this body, over this people. Lord, I just ask you, give us a heart to receive, eyes to see, ears to hear what your spirit is speaking, and we bind up every divisive work of the enemy, he who would seek to uproot the word or divide or distort or twist, uh, pervert in any way, shape, or form. We thank you even now for liberty in receiving all that you have in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen. You may be seated. Well, just as you, you may know, it, the mayor gives a state of the state address every year, and the, the governor, get, or I'm sorry, the, the mayor gives a state of the county address. The governor gives a state of the state address. The president every year gives a state of the union address. And, uh, and I like what Dr. Morocco does. He decided years ago that he would give the state of the church address. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to, uh, we're going to, I'm, I'm actually going to share with you some of the same numbers that he put together for KC around the world. Did you know, by the way, uh, we've had some, some new people that have come into the church and they don't even realize that we're just, we are one church of many that are around the globe. I won't tell you the number just yet. I know what it is, but, uh, but God is doing a great work. In fact, here on Maui right now, there are 11 extensions all across this one island. And uh, we have many churches across the U.S. right now. Uh, by May, we're believing that God will put us in 100 U.S. churches. He will, we will have 200 international churches, and we'll be ministering to 30,000 disciples globally. Those are people involved in life groups and ministries and prayer, things like that. It's what we call the one, two, three vision. You all heard of this? Okay. Do you pray for this? Come to early morning prayer. We pray for it every single day. Early morning prayer. Uh, but what we do is uh, we're, we're one of those churches. So I'm going to share some numbers. I'm going to share what God has done in KC around the world. And I'm also going to share what God's done right here in Lahaina. And then we're going to release this prophetic word uh, that, that Dr. Morocco has heard on behalf of all of our churches. And so does anybody remember what the word of the year for 2019 was, the, the word that Dr. Morocco released over the church body. In fact, many of you have T-shirts that say it. Does anybody know? Yes, that's half of it. We are blessed. I am blessed and I will multiply. Everybody say, I am blessed and I will multiply. That was the word that was declared over over 2019. Now, how many of you uh, how many of you feel like in this last year you were blessed or you multiplied in some capacity? Uh, I know that I am. And, and listen, the, Jesus encouraged. In fact, he laid hands on a number of blind men and he said, "Let it be unto you according to your faith." You understand that even what I what I what I share today, you can receive as a word of the Lord, or you can choose to say, "Well, you know, that's nice for Doctor Morocco, that's nice for Pastor Jacob, but uh, I don't know if that's right for me." If you have faith to receive what the Lord is declaring, you will have it. If you were blessed and if you multiplied this last year, I'm telling you, it's because you had faith and you responded in obedience to 
something that the Lord challenged you to do. In fact, I was rejoicing. I was a little embarrassed, but I was rejoicing because I came to my wife. We got our giving report at the end of uh, or at the beginning of this year. And I go to Leah, we were in staff meeting, and I go to Leah, and I'm like, Leah, we met our goal. You see, last summer, we were in a giving banquet, and they were giving out all these reports, and I remember they, I, you were, I was seeing, well, where you can get into the top, what, 120 and the top 500 givers and all of this, and we made, we made that 500 category, but I remember seeing like, okay, if we give over $9,000, we move into this new category, and that number keeps on going up and up, and so we sitting there made a goal for ourselves. We're going to break. We're going we're gonna to move into uh, at least, uh, what would they call that? Not, uh, I guess it would be five-digit, right? One of these days, I'll give a hundred grand, uh, uh, praise God. But uh, uh, would it be a five-digit, five-figure? And so uh, we said, you know, this is what we're going to do this year. And, you know, we met our financial goal. We gave more than we ever have by $300, praise God, way more than 10%. But I was rejoicing. The reason I said I got a little embarrassed is Dr. Morocco heard me tell Leah, hey, we met our giving goal. Doctor, if you know anything about our senior pastor, he has no shame when it comes to money. He is not embarrassed to receive offerings. He's not embarrassed to tell you what he gives. Uh, uh, he's not embarrassed to ask you to give. And so, uh, and I rejoice. It's the reason that God is is doing as much as he is in this church is because he's not bound by fear. And so anyway, the reason I was embarrassed is he turns and he's like, oh, Pastor Jacob, how much did you give? In a room full of people, like all these other pastors and stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, and so I told him and he's like, oh, that's great. Son, Pastor Josh, what did you give this year? And, uh, and he made everybody at the table tell what, what it is that we gave. And uh, praise God. I don't know. I'm not going to do that to you guys. You can try that in a life group or something if you want. But, uh, but challenge yourself. But what my wife and I, we determined, you know what? We're going we're gonna to determine to give. And it wasn't based off of a pay raise we received, but we made a faith declaration. If the word of the year is that we are going to be blessed and we are going to multiply, then let's give more than we ever have in our life before. And so, so we did that. And you know what? I can say I'm blessed and I multiply. And we multiplied, and, uh, and it's just absolutely wonderful. Let me share with you some numbers. Do you guys get excited about numbers? Okay, a couple of you do. This is exciting. This really is exciting. God has multiplied our church. He's multiplied us in attendance. Now, let me share with you. This is the, the, the King's Cathedral and chapels just in the United States. It's very hard for us right now to measure uh, what God is doing internationally. But just in the U.S., in 2018, we ministered to just over 7,000 people in the U.S. on a Sunday. There's all of our extensions in the U.S. combined in 2018, 7,000 people. In 2019, we ministered to just over 9,000 people on a Sunday. That's a big deal. That's an increase of over 2,000 people that we've grown in the last year. We ministered to approximately 4,000 people through life groups throughout the week. And, uh, and some of those are repeats, but still, I rejoice. 4,000 people in life groups. Isn't that awesome? Now, listen to this. The weekly 
impact of our church across the United States. This is evening services. Uh, this is all of our services, morning, uh, Sunday night, and Wednesday or Thursday like we have. 24,000 people are in attendance in our services throughout the week in King's Cathedral and chapels across the 24,000. Oh, come on. That's worthy of praise right there. That's awesome. Can you imagine? Financially, in 2018, King's Cathedral and Chapels had $12.7 million that came through uh, its ministries, just over a million dollars a month. In 2019, we had $15.1 million come through, Casey. They've increased by over, what is that? Three mil, Almost $3 million, two point. million. That's huge, church. Now, here's here's something that'll make you faint. You know what doctor is praying for this year? He'll bring it up in early morning prayer. This whole last year, he's saying, we need a million and a half dollars a month to run this organization. He's praying this year for $2 million a month. Praise God. Will you join us in praying for this? Hallelujah. Will you participate in giving in this? Hallelujah. If you can give one of those $2 million, praise God. Did you know, here's here's something for you. Never in KC yet has one person given a million dollars. Nobody's ever dropped a million-dollar check. Now, I've been a part of ministries. I've heard many testimonies where that has happened. And uh, wouldn't it be neat, maybe from Lahaina, maybe you. Could give. In fact, I'm believing now it would have to be a miracle. I mean, you're talking like way more than my wife and I make by. <laughs> it's not even comparable. But, uh, man, I'm believing, man. God, could you do something where my wife and I could maybe do that one day? Wouldn't that be awesome? Okay. We grew by uh, over $2 million giving this year. We multiplied in extensions. Now, here's what we just heard. We just got an international report. We now have 225 international churches, 225 international churches. You guys, you remember what our goal was, the one, two, three vision? We're believing for 200 international churches. We have exceeded that goal by the grace and provision of God. Hallelujah. Uh, Right now, so that puts us at just over 300 extensions around the world. So we're believing for, we need to to see about 10 or 11, uh, depending on how you count it, more churches in the U.S. open in order to fulfill uh, the vision. And so we've got about a month and a half to do that. Praise God. We'll do it. Amen. Now let me share with you about Lahaina. Lahaina, this is very exciting to me. Our attendance in 2018, I, I actually broke this down by category. I was sharing with my, my various team leaders. I, I shared with our youth department. In 2018, we averaged ministering to 199 youth a month, okay? Uh, in 2019, we averaged 508 a month in 2019, That's more than doubled in our youth. Our children's, we've gone from 285 a month to 557 a month. Double, right? We are blessed and we will multiply. God has done that. Uh, Our adults, we minister to 684. That's our average in the month uh, or 292 weekly. Now we minister to 1,064 a month or 532 in the week. 
Now, this doesn't include all of our ethnic ministries, uh, by the way. I'll give those numbers in just a moment. No, no. Um, yeah, I'll share those numbers in a moment. So the five, So we've gone from 290 weekly to 532 weekly. That's almost doubled. Now, our totals, this is awesome, guys. Our totals for all of these combined, in a month, we minister to 1,168. This year, we minister to 2,129. That's double. We doubled. We multiplied in between 2018 and 19. Now, let me just tell you, giving, 2017 giving, 244,000. 2018 giving, 258,000. 2019 giving, 284,000. Praise God. Let this year be the year we break 300,000. I'll tell you, we've just, we're, we're going the right direction, church. I mean, think about that. In two years, that's over $40,000 that we've seen increase uh, finances that are flowing through this house. Praise God. Uh, extensions, let me tell you, but there was a prophetic word in 2018. Many of you remember Prophet Critcher. In fact, in 2017, Prophet Critcher said, you're going to be running two services on Sunday morning. And you might remember uh, on Easter, we launched uh, in 2018, we launched into no, 17. 17 was two services. Then Prophet Critcher comes in 2018, and he says, two will become three, three will become four. And I'm just thinking, like, help me, Lord, I'm not going to preach four times on a Sunday. And I don't think our worship team, I don't think our ushers. Uh, but here's what God has done. Over the last year, he has brought to us, we've raised up, and now we have a, a Spanish service that meets on Sundays. Uh, we added, God brought the uh, Tongan pastor, Pastor Joshua and his wife, and they lead a Tongan gathering. That puts us at four services on Sunday. That was a fulfillment of the prophetic word. But even above and beyond that, maybe God was just showing off. Pastor Callis fell to heart, and we began to discover all these Marshallese over here. In fact, we'd see them climbing up and picking all our ulus, and uh, we're like, we need to be ministering to these guys. And, and so uh, they did. They started a Marshallese service. And so now we run five services on Sunday. We run six services, if you can include the Filipino on Monday night. No, that's not technically the weekend, but let, we call it a weekend service. We have six services. Now, here's the other numbers. So on average, our Marshallese were ministering to about 75 a week. Our Filipino is about 55 to 60 a week. Our Spanish, we minister to 30 a week. And our Tongan uh, right now is at 25, but they're also starting a midweek service. They've started a Tuesday night Tongan service. And so we're going to see all of these things increase. Praise God. Isn't that exciting? God is multiplying his church. In fact, another thing that's happened over this last year that's exciting is you, you might remember uh, we adopted Hana. And we adopted Hana. That was a faith step for us. And, uh, uh, you know, what's, what's awesome is now, I, I share this often, this isn't news to us, but we minister now to uh, their, their average is about 50-something for the last four months. But the last several weeks, they've been ministering to almost 70 people in East Maui right now. So awesome. So awesome. And they're giving. I'll just tell you, they're giving for the size of their congregation 
It's, it's mind-boggling, really. I mean, to, to have, I mean, just a handful of people, their, their giving has gone up incredibly. And, uh, and we pray this next season, uh, we've been asked to apostle the big island. We're still trying to figure out exactly what that means, but praise God. If you want to go pastor a church on the big island, you just let me know, okay? We got, we got a lot of churches we could start over there, okay? Amen. So now... Is that, is that praiseworthy, by the way? You, isn't that exciting? God has multiplied his church. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the word for this year. I've already stated in Lahaina, God has, has placed it upon my heart majorly to contend for disciples this year. We just finished a series called Disciple. But what Dr. Morocco has declared over KC as a whole, and this is very important. It's like, you know, we in Lahaina, we, we have a vision to raise up disciples. And we're going to pray, and we'll put a number to that somehow. Somehow we can measure. But you understand, we believe, and the Bible teaches very clearly this concept that we call the canopy of anointing. Everyone say canopy of anointing. And what that means is there are certain graces or there are certain gifts that might operate in leadership. And as you submit to, as you come under the covering of that leadership, what happens is that anointing literally begins to flow over your life. This is why you'll notice that people who hang around prophetic ministries for a while, all of a sudden they begin to move into a realm of prophecy because they've come under a canopy of anointing of prophecy. This is why you'll see people who hang around Dr. Morocco for any amount of time. You come in this church, you're going to notice that your, your grace for faith in believing God for crazy things, your the gift of giving begins to flow. You'll, you'll notice that things like healing and the miraculous is just like an expectancy. This is going to happen. And that's the canopy of anointing. You, know, you also notice that there's people who can get real, real blessed, and you watch some people that they're not because they're not under the canopy. This is very important, so you pay attention. So the reason that I'm, I'm sharing this, this is Dr. Morocco's word for the year, and I believe that it's important because as our apostolic covering, we have the ability and the opportunity to step under this anointing that is flowing straight down from Dr. Morocco, and if you would receive it by faith, can flow down into your life. Do you receive that? Okay. Now, this is, this is what, we, this is what the, the word is. Um, Two words. In fact, I'm, I'm going to break this down before I tell you exactly what the phrase is. Some of you already know what it is, and sorry for that spoiler. But there's two words that reflect the Christian life. Two words that, and if you're taking notes, then you, you write these, these down. The f two words that re uh, reflect the Christian life. The first word, and this is our, our really our one of two points this morning. The first word that describes the Christian life is serve or servant. Everybody say serve. You know that the Lord has asked us to be servants. I know I hit this a lot over our discipleship series, but uh, but you'll notice all throughout the New Testament, in particular, all New Testament writers called themselves servants. Everybody who wrote about themselves in the New Testament, they called themselves servants. Paul introduced himself as a servant of Jesus Christ or a servant of God in 2 Corinthians 4, 5. He says, I don't preach about myself, but I preach the lordship of Jesus Christ for whom we are your servants for Jesus' sake. 
You notice Paul, he's not ashamed to call himself an apostle, but the most frequent phrase that he uses to describe his role in people's life, he says that I am your servant for Jesus' sake. Isn't that incredible? And so we're called, they, they, they called themselves servants. Uh, John, you'll notice in, in Revelation 1.1, when he's describing himself, he says, he's the Lord's servant, John. Not John, the one who is closest to Jesus. Not John, the great prophet. No, John, his servant. You'll notice that Peter introduces himself in 2 Peter uh, as a servant of Jesus Christ. You'll notice that James. Now, what's interesting about James, did you know that James, uh, let, me, let me give you two little nuggets of information. First of all, James was the half-brother of Jesus. Did you know that? Jesus, uh, uh, and, and the reason I say half-brother is because Mary was uh, his mother. Joseph was his mother. Joseph wasn't Jesus' father, right? And uh, I get confused when I talk like uh, him, her, she, you know, uh, anyway. Uh, but, they, uh, uh, but, but he was the half-brother of Jesus. But what's interesting is when James introduces himself, he introduces himself not as the brother of Jesus or the half-brother of Jesus or the son of Mary, he introduces himself as a servant of God and a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. A servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know the other little tidbit? This is just like a bonus point for you. In the Greek, did you know that the name James is the Greek word Jacobus? What does that sound like? Okay. Did you know that the reason that that James, Jacobus, was translated to James was because the, the first major translation of the Bible that was released in English was initiated by a guy named King James. Anybody ever had a King James version of the Bible? He, this guy, so humble, wanted to have his name in the New Testament. And so he asked, he requested that every time the name Jacobus was in there, that they would change it to James. And so every time you see the name James, uh, it's actually Jacobus. It's actually Jacob. In fact, uh, most of you, maybe you've seen, if you have a passion version of the Bible, you'll notice every time you look at James, it says Jacob instead of James. Did you know that? It's interesting, okay. Anyway, uh, so James, and then Jude. Jude is also another half-brother of Jesus. He introduces himself as a servant of Jesus Christ as well. You'll notice in Jesus' parables, all of his followers, if you want to be a disciple of mine, you must be a servant. He expresses this in the parable of the talents. This is in Matthew 25, as well as Luke 19. It's the same testimony. They just use slightly different numbers. Jesus taught it several different ways, but, uh, but essentially, he, you take three different individuals, and what the, the point of this parable was, was that Jesus, where the master, the Bible says, the master gave servants various talents. You guys familiar with this parable? He gave one ten, he gave one five, and he gave one one. And what happens is the individual who had ten talents was faithful. He worked hard. He invested that money. He multiplied that money so that when the master returned to check his work, he brought increase. Same thing with the second one, but the last one, what this guy did is he took his one talent, and the Bible says that he went into a field and buried it. 
He wanted to protect it. He didn't use it. He didn't invest it. He didn't do anything with that talent that he was given. He buried it. He wanted to guard it, protect it. And so what happened is when the master returns, he commends the first two. He says, you were good and faithful servants. How many of you want to hear that when Jesus comes back, when he comes to examine your life, when the master says, hey, let's look at what you did with what I gave you. I want him looking at me and saying, Jacob, you were a good and faithful servant. But he comes to the third and he says, listen, you could have at least invested this. Why didn't you at least put it in the bank so I could have got some interest on this? But instead, you buried this. You didn't use it. You did nothing with the talent that I gave you. And the Bible says that he calls him wicked. He calls him lazy. And he has others come and cast him, the Bible says, into outer judgment or into outer darkness, which is a picture of God's judgment coming upon him. How many of you want to be a good and faithful servant? Okay, okay. Are you paying attention? You want to be a good and faithful servant? Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I want to be. How many of you want to <laughs> be a wicked and lazy servant that gets cast into outer darkness? Okay. I saw someone put their hand up real quick, but they put it back down. So, yeah. We don't want to be that. We don't want to be that. We want to be faithful. You understand that God has given each and every one of us gifts. He's given us talents. He's given us abilities. And it's our responsibility to use those things in a way that glorifies God. It's very important. It's very important. Um, Jesus spoke directly to his disciples about servanthood. Everyone say servanthood. In Mark 9.35, he says, if anyone wants to be first, he must be last, and he must be servant of all. In Mark 10.43, he said, whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever desires to be first shall be slave of all. Even the Son of Man, he's talking about himself, Jesus, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If you really ponder that, it's very sobering. Jesus, who from the point of creation had angels and elders and all the inhabitants of heaven praising him, worshiping him, honoring him, and yet the Bible says that he humbled himself into human form and he took on the form of a servant. You think about what a drastic change. Can you imagine sitting on a throne being worshiped and served for thousands, possibly millions, billions, an unseen and un, uh, an incomprehensible amount of time, and then you come here and your job is to serve. And even beyond that, you get abused and you get spat upon and you get, you get lied about. Jesus endured all of that, and he is our example. We, we, we need to be like Jesus. If you want to be great, if you want to be first, if you want to be wonderful, okay, you want to be successful in life, learn how to serve. Amen? Jesus said in John 12, 26, If anyone serves me, let him follow me. For where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Let me read that to you again. If anyone serves me, you want to know how you can serve Jesus? You want to know how you can serve Jesus? Coming to church and just being faithful Sunday morning is not 
really serving Jesus in any great capacity. I mean, you might come here and you've got, well, I shake hands at the door. I greet people in the parking lot. I work in the children. That's all wonderful. But Jesus said, if you want to be my servant, follow me. Where I am, my servant will be there as well. That means that every day, everywhere that we go, we're on assignment from Jesus. I want you to think about that. Jesus, where are you going today? Jesus, where are you active and where are you moving? Would Jesus be at prayer meeting if we were having prayer meeting? Praise God. Yes, he would. And so we ought to be there too. Would Jesus, I, I just, I, I think about this kind of stuff, man. Would Jesus love, uh, my, my, my wife reminded me of a story. Our, our pastor that we served under in Dallas, I mean, this is a mega church pastor, okay? I, I saw they did a state of the church address, and now they're ministering to almost 12,000 people on a weekend. Crazy. But I'll never forget the moment we were pulling out of the parking lot. We come around the corner. We see a lady on the side of the road who's got a flat tire. And who's there getting dirty on their hands and knees replacing this tire? The senior pastor of the ministry. Servant. Servant. And that challenges me. I don't know about you, but that challenges me. It's like, okay, Jesus, help me be a better servant. Would Jesus be changing that tire? If he was willing to wash feet, I bet you he's willing to change a tire. Jesus is willing to serve children. Jesus is willing to love on the homeless. Jesus is, whatever you can think about, man, Jesus is willing to go yard day in Kula. Praise God. All right. Okay, this is a powerful message. So Jesus, we're, we're going to serve him, not just meeting him on Sunday, but we're led by him. We are with him in every moment. So what's the first word that describes the Christian life? Serve or servant, absolutely. Now, the second word, the second word that describes the Christian life is the word power. Everyone say power. These are familiar passages, Acts 1-8. You will receive power, yeah, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He wants to empower everybody who believes in him. In fact, I would just, I, I, I like to, to emphasize, you understand, he said he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. And so even as I'm talking about this, you are a candidate for the power of God to move and minister in you and through you, no matter where you're coming from, okay? Layla, how old are you? Twelve. You're a candidate for the power of God to flow through your life. Hallelujah. I'm afraid to ask anybody old how old they are. But I'm telling you, all of my gray-haired, white-haired, no-haired friends in this place, you are a candidate for the power of God. Let me just, let me highlight. I always like to brag on Auntie Virgie. I see this woman of God here every single day watering this place, vacuuming this place, cleaning the bathrooms. And, uh, and I, I won't ask how old she is uh, unless she just wants to tell us. 70. All right. Praise God. I tell you what, I mean, this woman of God, but not only does she serve, I'm telling you, when this woman of God pray, there's there's very few people I want praying for me more than Auntie Virgie. Because I know she's like got a direct line. It's like a secret line to to the to the throne room or something. I when she prays, the spirit of God just begins to move. It begins to to meet. And so listen, whether you're old, whether you're young. Whether you're brown or white or black or yellow 
praise God, you're a candidate. Whether you're a male or a female, you're a candidate for the power of God to move in you and through you. We believe in the power of God moving through women. We believe in women preachers. I believe in women miracle workers. But I also believe men, some of us, we got to get serious. We need more men. That's right, yeah. We, we need more men. We need more men in our prayer meetings. We need more men in our altars. We need more men leading the way. In fact, even as I look around this room, we've got, we've got, we've got a lot of women. We need men who will take charge and be the priest of the home. I, tell, I believe for men and women to be empowered to do what God has called us to do. You shall receive power. 1 Corinthians 2, for my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, so that your faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I was encouraging somebody this last week. They came, and they're like, you know, my, my, my brother is an atheist, and I'm trying to get him to come, but he's got all these reasons da, 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 that I don't believe in God, that I don't want to be a part of the church. And I told him, I'm like, listen, there's some good apologetics resources. There are arguments for the questions that your brother has. But I encouraged him, you know what you ought to do for your brother? Pray that the power of God would just begin to touch and transform his life. I'm a theologian, man, but I'm an evangelist, and I've discovered my theology works much less effectively than if I see a body healed or if I prophesy the word of the Lord. That's the power of God that begins to move. And this is why the apostle Paul says, I, didn't, I don't want you to be converted because of my wisdom, because of persuasive words or human wisdom, but I want you to be impacted by a demonstration of the power and spirit and the power of God. This is why every service we will pray for miracles in this church. Every Thursday we're prophesying and we're releasing healing ministry. We will always do. You will never come into KC and not have the opportunity to get prayed for, to get ministered to. We believe in that. Not just the talking head, says the preacher. Hallelujah. In fact, this next verse, 1 Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power. Did you know that? The kingdom of God the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but it is of power. So we're going we're gonna to display this. You'll notice that Paul, every time he prays, there's a number of prayers. In fact, we're going to do a series on this. In Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3, you can read a prayer that the apostle Paul prays. Uh, Colossians 1 and 2 Thessalonians 1. These are all places that Paul the apostle prays. And what I find interesting is every single prayer that he prays, he asks, he prays. One thing consistently, he prays for God's power. We need to pray for God's power. If you don't know that you have power, you'll never walk in it. This is why we'll preach about power. This is why we'll do this. It's like, uh, man, I've been, I've been loving Disney Plus these last couple months. Anybody with me? You got all, almost all of the Marvel movies. Oh, I'm to the old X-Men cartoon. Man, that was, that's what I grew up on right there. You know what I loved about the X-Men? Here's, here's these guys, you know, they're born, they're normal, but around the time they're, you know, teenager, you know, 14, 15, you know, uh, they begin to manifest powers. All of a sudden, Cyclops is, 
he's hanging out, and all of a sudden, lasers just start flying out of his eyes, and uh, and he's learning how to control this thing, right? Or uh, all of a sudden, you just start, you know, the communion plates start floating because my, I don't know, never mind. And so, but but they begin to move into these powers, and then you've got Professor Charles Xavier. Uh, he's like their mentor. He begins to teach them, well, this is how you use these gifts. In fact, that's what they call why am I getting so excited about this? That's what they call uh, the, the school. They, called, they call Professor Xavier's school for gifted youngsters. Did you know that? Gifted. They're gift. And so, but here's, here's the point. Do you see the application? Do you know you have gifts? Do you know that you have power? It might not be lasers from your eyes or telepathy or anything like that, but you have power to heal. You have power to cast out devils. God gives you power to preach. He gives you power to be a witness. He, he gives you power to do, to tread on serpents. I mean, God has given us power. But some of you don't even know. Some of you don't even know. So I'm like Professor Xavier. I'm going to try and draw this gift out of you. You're going to use it because you're gifted. Hallelujah. All right. Here, let's, uh, let's I think we're, we're pretty good. So here's, here's, the, here's the word. You, you put these two things together, and here's the word for 2020. Empowered to serve empowered to serve. That's what I'm believing for in this year. And even as that proclamation has come from our apostle, we're going to believe that God is going to empower us to serve. Now listen, that doesn't mean we need to get more busy and we're going to get more tired. Because you need to you need to grab a hold of that first word, empowered. You know what that means? That means that we're going to be contending for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And as that the power of God begins to come upon you, all of a sudden, gifts and desires are going to come alive on the inside of you. And it's not going to be a burden. It's not going to be a work. Uh, it's not going to be work for you. It's going to be a joy. And I get to express what God has put on the inside of me. So we need to contend for an outpouring of the Spirit. You want to know how you get that? You get hungry for it. You get hungry for the Spirit of God. God will always speak to you. If you're not getting filled, how is it that a guy, I'll just tell you because I've been bragging on him all day. How is it a guy like Jordan? Have you guys met Jordan yet? He was here last Sunday. He's been here the last number of Thursdays. How is it a guy like Jordan can come into the house of God and it's just like, revelation upon revelation upon revelation. I mean, it is slamming him. It is transforming his life and his marriage. It's absolutely incredible. And then we got other people who've been sitting in church for 20 years, and they're like stale bread, gone so dry. And it's like, man, you got somebody sitting next to you that's got the heavens open over him, and you're like a prune dried up. Is that too mean? Listen, I mean, it's just, if you're pruny, you're not receiving what I'm saying anyway. So, praise God. I'll just tell you, we need, we need to activate hunger on the inside. Stir that up on the inside and say, God, I, if, I, 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 get, I need something from you today. I don't care if I'm going to life group. I don't care if it's in a worship service. I don't care if it's Sunday morning, Thursday night, early morning prayer. I'm hungry for you, God. I need you to touch me. I need you to fill me. And, God, I don't care who you could use. If you could use Balaam the donkey, right, or ba- yeah, yeah, Balaam's donkey, rather, if you could use a donkey, 
You can use my life group leader. You could speak through my husband. You can speak through my pastor. You can speak through Dr. Morocco. You can speak through Nathan Morris. You can speak through a young person, through the old person, through the woman, through the man. We just got to get hungry for him. If you're not being filled, it's because you're not hungry. And listen, what you feed on is what you will hunger for. What you feed on is what you will hunger for. It's a spiritual concept I learned a long time ago. I have no appetite for the Bible. Start reading your Bible. You're going to get hungry for it. I learned this because of coffee. I mean, really. I never used to, I never used to like black coffee. But that's all my dad would drink is all he would make. And my, I mean, my dad is like a coffee connoisseur. If you, uh, you know, he, he like, he'll buy these different green beans from all around the world and he'll roast it himself, you know, custom, all this and that. And he, you know, one year for my birthday, he's buying me a coffee roaster. It's not even a coffee roaster. In fact, the coffee roaster wasn't good enough for him. So he made a coffee roaster. He like buys a popcorn machine and then he starts tearing this thing apart, modifying it. And he gives me this weird thing that looks like it came out of the, you know that professor from Back to the Future? Like something that came out of his garage. <laughs> and he hands me this. I'm like, what is this? Is this like, I don't know what this is. It's a coffee, uh, it's a coffee roaster. And, uh, and so, you know, he's giving me all these. And, and I just, you know, I developed an appetite for good coffee. And now I love, you want to know what one of the best gifts you could ever get me is just a variety of coffees. I just, because I love it, I, you know, I drink it black, and I, in fact, I'll, I'll run that through, through the espresso machine, and I'll pack it in there so much that it's like, I mean, it just, the, the water barely drips out of that thing. It's like, it's like, yeah, molasses, that's a good, yeah, it's like just yeah, drip. Okay, I, I'm so, all right, Mr. Island, come up here. I need to stop. Wow. We're going to be empowered to serve. Hallelujah. I don't know where I went off on that tangent, but so how do we do that? Here's the application. How are we going to do that? First, there's, there's a couple things we need to do. You're going to be empowered to serve. We're going to get hungry for it, but, but we need to have, first of all, an attitude of servanthood. If you want to be empowered to serve, you need to have an attitude of servanthood. Philippians 2, 5 says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. He took on the humble position of a servant, humbled himself in obedience to God, even to the point of death. We need to have the same attitude. Everyone say attitude. You got this attitude that says, everybody serve me, everybody do for me. You're going to struggle. You're going to struggle in the kingdom of God. So nobody's ever going to serve you the way that you want to. But you become least. You take on the form of a servant, the same attitude Jesus has. God's going to elevate. It's just what he does. Let's have the right attitude. The next thing we need to pray for is find a place to serve. Find a place so you can be an influence for Jesus. Find a place. We've got lots of places for you to serve. Lots of places. I promise you. Go talk to, just ask one of our door greeters. Hey, could I be this? In fact, let me just brag on Jordan a little more. I get excited over people getting right with God, if you can't tell. Jordan came up to me on this Thursday, and he's like, you know, the first thing I noticed when I walked into this church was all these big guys who were standing around. He's like, I want to be one of those guys. I'm like, all right. 
You need to talk to Jacob Kapu. He leads our security ministry. Now, like most of our security team are also ushers as well. And so uh, he's like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But, but I mean, he sees it. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get people connected. Like, yeah, you can have a place to serve. You can do something in this, in this church. You know, find, find a place to serve. Go talk to these children's workers. I, go talk to, have you met Shana and Corey? Go talk to these guys. I'd like to hold babies every once in a while on a Sunday morning. They would be so excited, I promise you. All right? You can talk to my daughter. She's sitting right there on the camera. She could help you. You can help her in the, in the media ministry. Click the next slide. Praise God. Everybody, you've got, you've got things. You could start a life group. You could be a prayer and an intercessor right here in our, in our church. Show up to early morning prayer. I don't do babies. And uh, I don't like wind. I can't stand outside. Well, you can pray. You can pray. You can move into the realm of intercession. And here's the last thing as we, as we close. There is an anointing as you serve. And God rewards you. Did you know that? The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. Hebrews eleven six. For he who comes to God must know that he is, and he is, a, watch this, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 1 Corinthians 3, he who plants and he who waters are one, and he will receive a reward according to his labor. Colossians says, whatever you do, do it with all your heart, knowing that you will receive a reward from the Lord as an inheritance as you serve the Lord Christ. There's so many more. I've got so many verses, but here's the point. As you seek the Lord, as you serve the Lord, as you're empowered to do this, there is an anointing that comes upon your life to do what God has asked you to do. Listen, you won't feel anointed to do it until you step out into it. That's the faith part of it. I don't know why it works that way. You're never going to feel ready. But I just love, I had Seth text me this last week, and he's like, you know, he's like, I've, I'm preparing another sermon. That's a faith step right there. God's prophesied into his life, I don't know, by at least three that I know of, probably more. I see preach on you. You could be a pastor one day. And, and you know what he's doing? He's taking faith steps to begin to move into that. And so I told him, I'm like, that's wonderful. And so I gave him a date. Why don't we preach here? I think it's two or three Thursdays. His parents are going to be here. And so he wanted to, wanted to or her, Amanda's parents. Uh, and so, uh, so he's going to take our Thursday night. But you know what that is? That's a faith step. That's a faith step. You know what? I don't know. Maybe he feels prepared or not. But I, but I promise you, as he begins to step into what God has asked him to do, the anointing is going to come on him as he studies, as he prepares. And that night when he gets up to minister, that's the way it works. I always ask you to do things that are beyond your ability and your comfort. But he's going to empower us. And then he rewards us. Wow. Well, why don't you stand to your feet all across this room? I know we're a little beyond our time here. But uh, what's our word for 2020? Empowered to serve. Are you going to pray for an area that you can serve in? Are you going to get hungry for God to anoint you and empower you to do all that he's called you to do?
Well, hallelujah. Let me pray for you. If you're believing for God to empower you to serve, I want you to lift your hands all across this room right now, and we're going to pray the power of God just begin to move. Come on, stir up your hunger right now and just ask for an anointing. Ask for a vision for what the Lord would have you do. Jesus, I do. I just pray every heart, every hand that is lifted across this room, Lord, I'm asking in the mighty name of Jesus that your power would come upon us. Your word says that you would receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You would empower us to to be witnesses. You would empower us to move and minister on your behalf. And so, Lord, I ask now, let your power be poured out all across this room. Give us power from on high in Jesus' name. Empower us to serve and to make a difference, God, for your glory and for your namesake, Jesus. Oh, we pray that you would transform spheres of influence all around and through us, mighty God, that everywhere we go, in the workplace, in the ministry, in the church, in our homes, mighty God, in the government, God, when we're shopping, God, everywhere we go, that we're on assignment, we're serving you and we're serving others, mighty God, and your power will flow through us in greater measure than it ever has before. Oh, Jesus, we ask you, pour out in a fresh way on our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. And I just feel prompted right now to, to even pray. Uh, anybody anybody who's over the age of 50, I want you to come down here right now. I just want you to meet me right here at the front. If you're over the age of 50, okay, there's no shame in this because, listen, you know, no, you come face, face me, okay? Come, yeah, yeah. If you're over the age of 50, because I am believing... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on down. Come on. If you're, you're over 50, that's okay. Yeah. Because I am believing. I'm believing for a special grace to be upon your lives. Uh, you you want to know who, the, who, who could be, who has the potential to be the greatest disciple makers in our church? Is you guys. Why? Not only do you have knowledge, now young people can have knowledge, but one thing that you have, you have seasoning. You have experience. This is why somebody who's been married two years, I'm like, I'll hear you give marriage advice, all right, but I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. But, but when I hear from some of these aunties, you've been married 30, 40, 50 years, I, 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 I'm hearing you a little more. You understand, your words carry weight. And I just want to pray that a grace to empower you to serve would just be released over your life. In fact, could I get some, some others? I, I want somebody behind every single one of these. I want you to come and, you know, we're holding you up. We're supporting each and every one of you. Yeah, come on, just, just right up behind them. Thank you. And, uh, and we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for the grace of God that is upon these mighty women of God. I just pray, Lord, in power, in power to serve. Raise up great and effective disciple makers in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray those who serve, those who give, those who do, those who have experience, God, would you use them 
And would you increase in them and through them? Give them a grace to make spiritual sons and daughters in the mighty name of Jesus. I ask you, use them, mighty God. Increase over their life. Give them a grace, Lord, to pour out and to effectively release the gift that you put on the inside of them. Let wisdom, let grace, let power flow in them and through their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you for the generations that are serving and ministering alongside each and one another, mighty God. I pray, empower, empower these to serve, empower to release your kingdom in every sphere of influence that you give them. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Can I encourage you guys in something? I, I know, I don't care about time. But let me just, I had a friend who came to Christ for the Nations from Africa. And I'm so thankful the Lord put him in my life. They told him before he went, I mean, the church came together. They paid for him to get to CFNI. And they told him, don't ever miss a service and get hands laid on you by everybody who comes through there. Why? Because every time you do, it's like a seed that's being sown into your life. And you never know when things are just going to begin to blossom and pop up, and you'll see anointings come alive in your life, maybe even decades down the road. And the reason that I share that is many of you who are down here right now, you've been in powerful meetings. You've seen incredible movings of God. You've been a part of, I mean, I hear Dr. Morocco talk about the meetings in 1995. Some of you were there in those meetings. Some of you had hands laid on you during those meetings. Some of you have been a part of some of the great stirrings that have gone on across our nation. And the reason that's important, listen to me, hear me. Some of you have these seeds of revival that are sitting on the inside of you. And if you would ask the Lord, I believe we could begin to see those things blossom and begin to thrive and flourish. I know there's words, oh, revival through the youth, oh, revival through this or that ethnicity. But I'm telling you, I believe more than anything from our seniors who have been in those movements, who have seen, who have experienced it. I'm telling you, there's a grace that is upon your life to release the move of God. Please. Don't keep that gift and that experience to yourself. Pour into somebody. Release that gift. Amen? Amen. Well, I want you to join hands with somebody. We're, we'll pray. Leah, would you come and would you just close us out in this time? And uh, if you have anything you want to add, you can. But you're ready. Let's pray. Come on. Let's bless one another right now. Holy Spirit, we love you. We thank you for showing up today and ministering to each and every one of our hearts. We just ask, Father, that you would help us to stir up the gifts that are on the inside of us. That is this year that you would fill us up, Holy Spirit, that we may be empowered to serve. We wouldn't just say it, but we would be we would be doers. We would go and find the need and fulfill it, oh God. I just bless each and every man, woman, and child in this house. Go before us, Lord God. I bless them 
in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. I love you guys. Have a great week.